0: In this episode, we talk about what the heck Skype is doing, a few things about Redstone that are coming, and lining up what's going to happen next week. This is the Sam's Report. Alright, today is March 25th. This is the last Sam's Report before Microsoft's Build Conference next week. We've got a lot to talk about. Microsoft gave us a lot to chew on this week, especially in the Skype arena and this should be another fun episode a um, lot of build hype going on a lot of things kind of starting to surface and I think I think build's gonna be a lot of fun next week but let's let's kick it off oh before I even go that far so I'm gonna be on twit news today next week um, I believe on Wednesday around 4 p.m pacific time which I think is about 7 p.m eastern time still working out all the details but look for that next week um, kind of you know Hot takes of Build and all the other good stuff. And of course, Paul and I will be at Build doing our thing. We're building some hubs. I don't know if they're live yet. They should be soon. That will make it very easy for you to follow along. Uh, One of the neat things about the hub is we know a lot of people who listen to this podcast, uh, listen to Windows Weekly, read our sites. Um, Don't don't partake in Twitter. You're not a Twitter user. So what we're going to do is we're going to embed the tweets from Paul and I using a hashtag uh, next to the video so you can get all of our commentary live while the stream is going on. And hopefully make it a little bit better package for people that uh, don't use Twitter and are kind of you know interested in what's going on in that space. So Twit News next week, um, podcast, all that good stuff. All right, let's dive in. So gonna kick it off here with Skype because Skype. What are you guys doing? Oh my God, Skype, Skype, Skype. Oh, people, this is okay. This is ridiculous. So we have now gone completely full circle and then ellipsed back past the starting point of the circle with Skype's plans for Windows 10. Okay, so what did they announce? They announced this week a new... Well, they didn't actually deliver anything this week. They announced this week that a new universal Windows platform Skype app is on the way. So this is great. They're going to have a new app. Hopefully it's good. Um, But... While they're, while they're announcing this unified app, they're also killing off their individual messaging, video, and audio apps. So at some point, somebody inside of Microsoft said, Hey, you know what? Let's take the one app we have and let's break it into three components. Because that sounds like a good idea. Because maybe somebody who's chatting doesn't want video in the same app. Cannot fathom how they ever came to this logical conclusion that this was a good idea. And the apps have been a disaster, they've never worked quite well, and it's pretty clear that Microsoft is saying, eh, okay, we're going to not just, just pretend that never happened, we didn't ship this garbage anyways. And so, now they're going back to the universal Windows platform app, which they used to have a very similar app, if you remember back in the Windows 8 days, I guess it wasn't technically true, a true UWP app, but it was a Windows app. They did have a Skype modern app that they killed for Windows 10's new universal apps, that were broken into three components. And then they said, "Uh, okay, now we're going to go back to where we started. (laughs) But it's it's funny because you can see actually by the screenshots that they used that they had this idea initially. And then somebody came in and said, nope, we're going to break it into three components. And they said, crap. And so they built those three apps, abandoned them, and then came back. How do we know this? Because if you look at the screenshots that Microsoft used to show off this app, they are roughly two years old. Uh, probably about 18 months to be fair. These are actually some of the concept apps that we actually saw way back when Windows 10 was first materializing that showed how the platform was going to be built. So what Microsoft did was they had this idea, abandoned it, went with the three separate apps, abandoned that, and now we're back to their full-blown, just universal app. And all that time... The only thing they have to show for this is Lost Productivity, um, a Win32 app that can't sync notifications. They're out of order. I'm trying to work with the team. I send them logs, um, a couple logs so far, hopefully, and they say they're pretty close to uh, figuring it out. But this new Universal Windows Platform Skype app is coming with a new build. Why it's not coming through the store... That doesn't really make sense, but you can tell that this app is probably a resurrected project because here's some of the features they highlight you can do in the new Skype app. You can sign in, you can log out, you can chat, you can group chat, send emojis, and my personal favorite, you can resize the window. But what can't you do on the app right now? You can't change your status, share files, add context, or very crucial to Paul and I, group calling. They resurrected these bits somewhere deep inside of Microsoft after they realized that everything was a catastrophe. Breaking up into three apps did not make any sense. And we've gone full circle. And good luck. Such, I, I, like, I really need Skype to work. And I honestly wonder if this is the issue. Inside of Microsoft, they don't use Skype. They use Skype for business or link. You know what? Here's how we fix this. Nadella, make everybody use Skype. Not Skype for business, just for a month. Just a month. I bet everything gets fixed pretty quickly because of this. I mean, it, it it's terrible. Uh, Paul this morning had an issue where <coughs> we were chatting and said, hey, a message from five minutes ago just popped up as new and is now unread. Like, uh, th- this drives me nuts. Like, Because I really need Skype to work. I use it all day long, and it it's not... Um, And even worse, this is the part that makes me the most nervous. It says, based on their FAQ they posted, they write, We will gather your feedback uh, about this app, and the Skype Classic application will continue to exist. When the new application meets the feature and quality bar, we will streamline to just offer the Skype Universal Windows Platform app on Windows 10. So in layman's terms, what they're doing is they're going to kill the Win32 app. Hmm. That's... That's a spicy meatball if... Yeah, I don't... This makes me really nervous that they're going to... When do they... You know, this would make me more comfortable if they let me determine when the bar was met because I have a feeling that their internal bar and bonuses and shipping are completely different than what an actual user on the end would say. You know, an end user. So, ooh... This makes me nervous, guys, because if they screw this up and Skype becomes just an abomination on the Windows 10 desktop, it's going to be tough to switch. But they're going to force the hand to make it happen. And so, Microsoft, if you're listening, and I know some of you guys are, please, please just make sure this app is good, that it syncs, and that there's no issues between iOS and this universal app. Like, mm. (laughs) Skype... Skype, we could talk about this for a while. Paul and I actually joked that um, if we find any of the engineers at build, we might hold them hostage and say, look at this. Look at what you've done until they fix it. So Skype, kicking it off. New app. They haven't said exactly when it's coming. It should be coming with a new build. Um, I did hear that they are staging another build, which they're staging builds all the time. I don't know if we're going to get one today because a lot of people are off of work for the holiday uh, coming up. But, yeah, they're definitely starting to stage this stuff. And I'm hoping that we get a build next week, actually. I would expect that Microsoft is going to talk quite a bit about Windows 10 and some of the new features coming with Redstone. So it would make sense that we'd start to see, I don't know, Microsoft likes to announce this stuff and when they can, push it. So it'd be really cool if they could go up on stage and say, hey, here's all this stuff. And later today, we'll push the button and you'll get the new build. So let's hope that that holds true. And that Microsoft is actually going to uh, live up to that. And we'll see what happens next week. Next week's going to be a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. I get in on Tuesday. um, I'm taking a red-eye home because I'm an idiot on Friday. But, um, yeah, build should be a lot of fun. So let's talk about Redstone. Because I think this is going to be a key part of Microsoft's conversations about their future planning. Especially on the desktop. Because we know it's coming fairly soon. So there's a couple a couple very minute features that are coming that have already started to leak out that I've uh, spotted and can talk about. So Action Center, Microsoft actually did an internal survey about Action Center. And one of the items that they are considering is that when you get a new notification um, in the bottom right corner where the little Action Center icon is, it will actually change to the live tile that produced the the push notification or whatever pop-up it is. It, this is they're experimenting with right now, but that's just one of the things. So it would kind of blink, which I would actually find highly annoying. But hey, they're experimenting and they're, they're trying to get user feedback internally about this stuff. So And they also may move that icon further to the right, put it on the other side of the clock so it's easier to click. I don't know if that one's actually going to happen, but they're trying out those two things. Um, there's also another option. When you right-mouse click on the notification center icon, there's two options now. Uh, so you can turn off Gleam, which is kind of like the pop-up and, and notification type things. Or you can just turn off all notifications together, which I believe, let me just double check. Yeah, which you cannot do currently. Currently, the only options are qu- open Action Center and turn on Quiet Hours, So be able to mute all or mute just the pop-up notifications. Um, so those are a couple things that are happening in the Action Center. They're experimenting with uh Redstone. Another thing they're looking at is improved pen input on the desktop. So this is, Microsoft really likes the radial menus in OneNote, mostly because they work really well with a pen. And so they're going to be bringing, or at least they're experimenting at this current time, bringing radial menus uh, to the pen. They've actually started to code some of this into Redstone and expect to see at least trials, they may not make it out publicly, but like, imagine if you press on the desktop with a pen, you might get a radial menu potentially or inside of a modern app. I don't quite know where they're gonna show up yet, but they're looking at bringing these radial menus to uh, users that are using the pen for their primary means of input. Other things that they're working on, uh, improved OneNote backup and integration. So I've already talked about placeholders. Um, By all means, everything I've seen so far has uh, given me hope that it's still on track. Placeholders are still coming. But they're also going to improve the backup process. So right now, OneNote will back up every every OneNote. OneDrive will back up some of your basic items to uh, the storage service. And then when you load a new machine, it'll sync and whatnot. But they're actually going to take it a step further, at least initially, that it'll now back up accounts, passwords. Uh, They're looking at start menu layout and, of course, window preferences and basically any other setting or configuration inside of Windows will now back up to your OneDrive account and you'll be able to have complete management over that so if you don't like a configuration you can go in and delete it just like you can now uh, with some of the other Windows products like Windows 10 Mobile but this is coming. Now the one thing that is not shown up yet which I'm, I'm hoping that they do is right now Microsoft is not allowing full replication to OneDrive meaning you can back up all your content to the cloud using the OneDrive storage I think they might be looking at this, and I think we saw some precursors to this initially. Remember when Microsoft killed Unlimited OneDrive? I honestly think that they were looking at that and saying, hey, if we want our users to actually back up everything to the cloud, that's going to increase our storage um, capacity exponentially. It's going to be a large burden just because, like, for example, I have um, about about a terabyte of data on solid state that I would love to just dump up there and be able to recover at any time. And they looked at this and said, hey, if our usage is going to jump, we need some sort of mechanism to be able to monetize this. Previously, with unlimited storage, there's no way to monetize it. You get it for free. So by saying, hey, we're just going to limit it to one terabyte, I think that was Microsoft laying the groundwork for actually allowing everyone to completely back up their system to the cloud. Whether or not we'll see that in this initial version of Redstone, I don't know. But I think it makes a lot of sense. When you look at it from that perspective, we're seeing improved OneDrive storage, Uh, integration into Windows, Microsoft's limiting their cloud storage to protect themselves, because I didn't really buy their argument that they let a few bad apples ruin the service, but if they truly do turn on complete cloud replication of your local storage, that will blow out that one terabyte for most users, which means you've got to pay, which means Microsoft makes money. I I think if you look at the entire process that they're going through, this makes a lot of sense about where they're actually headed. We'll see if that shows up, um, I'm optimistic it will, and I, I do fundamentally believe it will show up at some point. So this is this should be pretty good stuff from the OneDrive team. And granted, I've, I don't know about you all, but I've actually had some pretty good luck with OneDrive. There was a little time when it was kind of touch and go for a while, but my synchroza- synchronization has actually been quite good lately. Now, I haven't been using my Mac very much, but between my iOS device, uh, my Windows phone, my PC here, and then these surfaces back here, it's actually working quite well. So, good job, OneDrive team. You know, it seems like they're, uh, they're getting their stuff going together. <laughs> Ooh. Shout out, please, and I will subscribe. There you go, Zane. While I drink. Somebody no- recommended or noticed that I had a green cup today of plastic. Yes, this is actually my daughter's cup. It's Because that's how I roll. So, cool. So, what else is going on in the world of build? There's going to be some interesting stuff next week. I think Microsoft is going to try to work on what they call app stickiness, which is helping developers create apps that don't suck. Yeah. No, so it's. I think they're going to try to work um, with further Office integration. I think they're trying to to create Office more as a platform for app developers to tie into. I think we're going to start to see some of that... um, I think that we're going to try to see them start pushing that. They really want to make Office 365 a core product for everything that people tie into. So if you have an app that needs um, content analysis, they want you to dump it into Skype, or into Skype, never dump it into Skype, into Excel. uh, Or if you need a word formatting, making it easy to dump it into Word and those types of things. I think we're going to start to see them try to make Office more interchangeable with applications? We'll see. I haven't quite gotten the full details on that yet, but I know that's one of the things that they're preparing. Um, Something else that showed up this week actually by my good friend Walking Cat, he actually uncovered functions for Azure. So I think they might actually announce this at Build. This seems like a very Build thing. So if you're familiar with AWS or Amazon's cloud and Google, Google has a product called Functions. AWS has a product called Lambda, which are really, really small microservices that allow you to just execute code with no server maintenance, nothing else. It's just a very small application that runs in the cloud. And currently, Azure does not allow this or doesn't have the same functionality. But Walking Cat uncovered Azure Functions, which allows you to run microservices in a container uh, in in Azure. So it seems like it's going to be their take on functions, And we'll see. I kind of think um, Scott will get up on stage in his red polo next week. I think Scott would be the one who announced it and really talk about this stuff. But I think that's going to come a build as well. And speaking of the cloud, um, Google is actually trying to grow up and be a serious cloud competitor now. They announced that they are going to be building um, 12 new data centers in the next 18 months, which is going to put a lot of pressure on Azure uh, and AWS, So i hinted about this right before we got started and I'm blowing through this stuff. It's a good, good show. So I hinted about this right before we got started. If you were in the chat room when Paul was screwing around and not working. Um, So I got a very similar tip to what Paul wrote up about Xbox DVR. Um, It will not work with cable companies. People kind of want cable cards and they want... I want this, but the current implementation of Xbox DBR will not work with your cable provider. It sucks. It's only over, only, only over the air right now. But one of the things I think, um, and I believe, I've only heard this from one source, so take, I I try to not repeat things until I get at least two people telling me. Um, I believe Microsoft is looking at the capability of when you record a device to your Xbox One, much like you can with the games. You should be able to stream it back to the PC. Now, I haven't seen this functionality firsthand or anything, but I would imagine it would work just like game streaming. So if you're on your local network, it should work. Um, It'd be nice if you could do it across networks, but at this time, um, I don't think that's gonna be there. But it would be super cool though, if I could actually record over the air content onto my Xbox One, stream it to any of these devices, and have it work. I think that would be a neat little differentiator um, for it, but the the lack of cable card support, which is going to be a big issue um, like it, that to be honest that really bums me out because I have two of these xbox ones, which I really like, and I also have two d v r boxes that I pay my stupid cable company um like something crazy like ten bucks a month for and if I could replace them with the xbox ones, I would do it in a minute but I think to be honest, this is more on the cable operators than it is on Microsoft, so shake your fist at Microsoft, not at the cable operators. But you know what? It's a step, right? And I don't want to get too far into the FCC stuff, but the FCC did push out some commentary recently um, about new guidelines and services that would potentially allow you to ditch the cable box altogether and just stream over the over the air, or not over the air, over the web, I believe. And that's not my area expe- expertise. Don't want to go too deep into it, but I honestly hope it does. Um, I honestly do hope that the FCC steps in and unlocks these boxes and the cable streams because it's ridiculous that I pay so much money and I can't use the device of my choice, which sounds a lot like what they did to the phone industry. There was a time, remember, when you couldn't take your phone to any carrier. FCC stepped in, said, hey, you know what, screw that, that's not very cool that people buy phones and then they're locked to a carrier. It's the same damn thing here with the cable operators. So, let's see what comes of that. Let's see what comes of that. So, a lot of people in the comments are saying, hey, piracy still wins, TV is dead. You know, for me, to be honest, the only thing I need from my live TV is sports. I watch, and people are going to groan, but people, are, I love to watch golf. Like on a Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon, man, you pop on some golf, and I can get a lot of work done and just let it play. I love to watch football. I very rarely watch any other TV. If I could get those two streaming then it'd be great, but whatever. Um, I I don't think TV is truly dead, to be honest. I think the medium in which way you consume TV would be changing. Like, I would love to be able to consume all of my cable channels right through the browser. Like, I just log in and go that way. So, we shall see what happens there. Taking things for a different kind of spin, Microsoft, this is actually really interesting to me, Microsoft is said to be interested in uh, a bid for Yahoo. Now, they don't want to own Yahoo. Back in the day of Balmer, um, Balmer actually did try to buy Yahoo. And he put it, he was, they were putting up a lot of money. It's like 30 or 40 billion dollars. Thank goodness that thing didn't go through because Yahoo has really just fallen apart lately. And so, um, quick synopsis of, uh, quick synopsis of Yahoo here. There were once the internet portal of everybody. And everyone would go there to get their news, their email, and all that good stuff. And then they kind of fell apart. People like sites like Reddit, Google News. Everybody's just been kind of eaten away at Yahoo's market share. Yahoo tried to spin it around by buying Tumblr. Yahoo tried to do a whole bunch of fancy stuff and it's not working. So the short of it is that they're potentially looking at putting up the company for sale. Uh, Recode said they want 10 billion and that supposedly Microsoft wants a part of this. Now, they don't want to be the owner of the company. They want to be a minority shareholder. And I can actually understand this. So what they want is, what they want is to lock up the search and advertising from search results. So Microsoft is in a fierce battle with Google. We all know this. And what they really want to do is by owning a minority share of Yahoo that would guarantee that the search engine would then always default to Bing. That's why they want the shareholder. They don't want to own the whole thing. But, um, and supposedly Microsoft is willing to contribute a billion, which for the company isn't a lot of money. So what they do is they they toss a billion in. They're kind of hands off and they say, you know what, as long as it's search, it's coming to Bing. That's what we want and that'll keep us happy and quiet and then they get their search market share and they get that data and I think it makes sense. I think that type of a strategic alliance makes sense. So if anybody's writing that Microsoft wants to own Yahoo, completely false. They want to be the minority shareholder of a larger bid. So if somebody else has to pony up 9 billion or whatever else it is that Yahoo wants and we'll see, we'll see if this ever materializes. Microsoft wants to do a lot of things, right? I'm sure they'd love to buy Slack. Um, although that was rumored and they shot it down. Of course, they would buy Slack for a billion, but I don't think Slack would take a billion type type deal. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, other things happening in the world of Microsoft. So I actually find this one actually pretty interesting as well. Microsoft's working on a new bot framework. This was again uncovered by Walking Cat. He He's a very good at finding these links and so we don't know much about this but it's a very easy way to build and manage internet bots that go out and scrape and he actually uncovered the user agreement and it says hey you can't use this to steal personal information unless you have their uh, approval and all that good stuff but bots have been one of those things that have been kind of I don't know, unless you're really down in the trenches, know how to build them. So I'm hoping that Microsoft is finding an easier way to build web crawlers for the common folk, or, you know, I should say tech-savvy person, is, I mean, I can code a little bit. I, I like to joke I can only code disasters, but I don't have enough expertise to go out and build a bot from scratch. But if they could give me the components to plug together and link up, then I could certainly probably weasel one of these together um, and have a lot of fun with it. So I'll be curious to see if Microsoft talks about this at build This is kind of one of those up in the air. They were starting to put together web assets for it, which means that it is pretty close to at least some sort of internal testing or going public. But will they announce this at build? I don't quite know. It is a developer-related event, so they might, and maybe that's what they're gearing up to do. But yeah, so they've got that going on. What else is going on? I mean, I told you there was a lot of things that went on at Microsoft this week, not so much from the PR side, but things that have been covered. Um, There's a new office forms that the company is testing with the educational group. I wrote about this this morning. So if you're familiar with uh, surveys, which most people are, Microsoft is building out an easy way for the Office 365 education users to survey their students so if you're a teacher you can create a survey a quiz or get feedback um, through this really nice easy to use survey management application and it all ties into office 365 which means it should be easy to distribute should be secure and heck it's a little bonus feature onto office 365 we already we already know that microsoft is wanting office 365 to be the core of productivity and they will do everything they can to get people to pay those annual subscriptions especially in the education sector because they're going to get a lot of users so what better way? Let's go help the teachers who use the tool and give them surveys. If you're a teacher, you know that how important it is feedback from your students. You tell them, you talk, and if they're not absorbing, then you need to change your methodology. So these surveys help give way back and it looks like they're building it into Office 365 education. I don't think that they're going to charge any more for it. It's just an added bonus that says, hey, if you're already using Office 365, here's another productivity tool you can use to get more out of your users. Bam. I think that's pretty cool. I actually hope they open that up to everybody. It does sound familiar. There is a product, uh, I think it's called Excel Survey for Office Online that kind of offers similar functionality. And I believe this is just the next step of that. I think they they looked at that and said, hey, how can we make this better and really package it up into something um, people are going to use daily or at least, you know, frequently. And so that's how they are packaging up that product for production or whatever, the mass market. Oh. What else? So there was a ship, pardon my French, um, inside of Microsoft who got slapped for SEC by the SEC for insider trading. Yeah. So this individual named John Hardy um, apparently was in a pretty high position with inside the company because he was getting slide decks of what the company was going to do specifically. Uh, I think there were two instances, but we'll only talk about one here he got the slide deck and kind of proofed it and spruced it up for when Microsoft was pitching to buy Nokia, at least the mobile assets. So what did this guy do? He said, Hey, Nokia is going to be bought. Their shares generally rise. And so he, uh, you know, played the market to uh, his advantage, having this insider information, um, to make a whole bunch of money. Now, the SEC fined him $380,000, and I thought I read somewhere that he only made about $177,000. So this hurt him pretty bad. Uh, he lost t- twice as much as he made. So insider trading is a really shady thing, and it always is kind of nice when people get caught like this, just because they're they kind of ruin it for the rest of us. Like, I don't own any Microsoft stock because that would be a conflict of interest, but I own portfolios that have a whole bunch of different things. Um... Yeah, so insider trading, not cool. This dude got caught and, yeah, is feeling the wrath of it. Remember there a few weeks ago when Microsoft announced Skylake PCs running Windows 7 or 8 would get limited support for businesses? Microsoft is doing a classic Microsoft here, and they are backtracking on their initial announcement in a good way. And I think it's because hardware OEMs went crazy for this kind of stuff. So Microsoft is extending support for Windows 7 and 8.1 on Skylake PCs from July 17, 2017 to July 17, 2018. And they claim this to be more flexible. I think they're doing it because the hardware vendors were like, hey, we're not going to sell any of these things to the business market if you're only giving them a year's support um, starting in July. So I think they got a lot of bad feedback from their partners, and that's why they're extending it. And not to mention large enterprises, uh having to be upgraded by July 17th, 2017 with new hardware, not a good mix. I kind of rant and rave on Microsoft here for being too aggressive with Windows 10, and I think this one kind of finally bit them, and they know they do not want to piss off their enterprise market. And so when they said, oh, whoa, 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 you know, they recanted with no issue here. So look for that. Other things going on this week in the world of Microsoft. We've got Windows 10 Mobile 14291 was released to Mobile Insider Devices. If that sounds familiar, which it should, this is really just Microsoft pushing out Windows 10 Mobile to existing, or I shouldn't say, they are existing devices, but um, devices that were not previously allowed to get the new builds. And then once they got upgraded to Windows 10 through the public channel, which we talked about last week, they can now get the Insider build. So if you have one of those devices um Yeah, you can now get that. So here's a really, really interesting statistic here about Windows 10 Mobile. So after the show last week, I I wrote a post that says, broken promises Microsoft fails to deliver on their um, Windows 10 upgrade promise because Microsoft, going from Windows Phone 7 to Windows Phone 8, screwed over all the Windows Phone 7 users. They they weren't able to upgrade to Windows Phone 8. Microsoft, hey, we're not going to do that again. And so... Microsoft with Windows Phone 8 to Windows Phone 10 did the exact same thing, and just how many people were impacted by that. So I believe this information comes from a duplex, and they are a monthly uh, group that releases Windows Phone stats, and it's about the best look we get. And they said 54, 50.4% of all Windows Phone in use are capable of running Windows 10 Mobile, while 49.6% are not. So which really means 50% of the existing in use. Windows Phone devices cannot get Windows 10 Mobile. That's pretty bad, actually, especially after Microsoft promised that everybody would be able to get an upgrade. And this is really a ding into Microsoft's reputation here because the pitch with Windows Phone was that they're not Android, right? You're going to get updated. You're going to always be on the greatest, latest and greatest release. And yet... Here we are with Windows 10 Mobile being released and 49.6% we will just round it. 50% of the phones currently being used cannot be done, Um, including my Nokia Lumia icon, which Microsoft, and this is classic Microsoft, Microsoft said, hey, there's no second wave. These are the phones. And then an hour later said, okay, we're still considering the icon. So that to me is a second wave of devices being announced. But Microsoft said there's no second wave. It's... Classic Microsoft for you. Uh, There was also an Apple event this week. They announced an old iPhone SE, which is a smaller phone because they can't get people to upgrade from the iPhone 5S and 5. So they're trying to attract that market. An iPad Pro Mini or iPad Pro Small. So if you, I found this hilarious. So Apple announced an iPad Pro 9.7 inch, which has better features and better specs than their whatever it's like 12.9 inch or 12.7 inch thing. Whatever. Um, I'm sure most people watch this, but yeah, they, if you bought an iPad Pro back in whatever, October, November, they probably announced a device you really wanted this week. Good job, Apple. I don't know. They're trying to figure out that whole market. And the most damning thing that was said on that show or that keynote was by Phil Schiller. And he said that there's 600 million PCs that are five years older still being used today. Ignoring the fact that that's completely tone deaf to thinking that people just have money to just upgrade a PC, he's overshadowing the fact that those PCs more than likely can still run Windows 10, which means they're still running a current operating system, which means that Microsoft has done a really good job with their software, and that people just don't need to upgrade. You don't realistically you don't need to buy a PC every year, even if your PC is five years old and you just take out the old uh, mechanical drive and put in a solid state drive it's a great machine. I've done this before. I've done it many times. If you're running a mechanical drive, put a solid state in it and it'll feel like a brand new PC. I promise. And he called it a sad. He said, this is sad that that many people are running. It was a really, really arrogant comment. Um, I don't know. It, it really just shows how out of touch she really is. And I hate to use that phrase because that's a political term, but when you don't realize that not everybody can afford to buy a seven, $800 PC because they have the choices to make, do I eat? Or do I buy your stupid iPad? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really in love with their keynote. Um, I'll see. They really didn't announce much. They announced some nylon bands for the stuff. I don't know. I don't like to- Apple's Apple, and they'll sell a million of them um, for no apparent reason. And granted, they do make good hardware. The hardware that they make is fine. It's just they have such arrogance in the way they do things. And I think they, they've lost their humility for when for when they weren't the company that they are today. And I think that's, if you wanted to kind of sum up what Jobs did well, he was very hungry about clawing into markets where they couldn't win before. And now that Apple's winning in a lot of markets, they're just kind of like, meh. And so if the iPhone 7 is, I don't know, they, Apple stopped taking risks a long time ago. And I think I think we're starting to see that. Um, mostly because products like this exist that are beating them to the punch of what they're trying to do. They're trying to take that iPad and turn it into a PC, which is essentially what Microsoft has done here. So that's Apple for you in a nutshell. Um, Build is next week. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do about this podcast. I think I might try to record it in a hotel room. Um, There will be, I seriously doubt, well, I guess I could do video. I don't know if I have all the software on this guy back here. I could definitely do audio. I actually hope I have the hotel room that's right next to Paul, and then I will do it at about 3 a.m. just to annoy him, uh, because nothing would make me happier. But if you have any questions about Build, things that come up, don't hesitate to shoot Uh, you know, Twitter is the easiest and best way to get to hold of me. Um, email, too. But, yeah, let me know about Build. I'm going to be doing a couple things. Um, we got some good fun stuff working on Therat. I don't quite know when it'll be ready, but we just had a big team meeting this morning. Good things happening there yeah, cool stuff, guys. I think that's about it. I hope everybody has an excellent weekend, enjoys their Easter, if that's your thing. And you know what? Have a good Saturday. Drink a beer for me. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks.